So the figure before you, having finally reached the top of the tower, reveals his form, true form. Standing nearly six and a half feet tall, there is a tiger-like humanoid with fine appear, fine dress clothes, um, weapons, jewelry, things like that. But his hands, the hands catch you off guard because they're not facing the right way. They seem to be backwards. What are you guys going to do? Clearly, it's a Rakshasa. So you guys all know what that means. All oh, right. yeah. So first, oh, sure. what I'm going to do is I'm going to cast Magic Missile above 6th level because it cannot withstand yeah. magic above 6th level. That's Everything a good call. Else is resistant good call. to. Neil, yeah, what are you going to sure. do? I, since I'm playing my Paladin, am going to use my Divine Smite. I know it's a Fiend, and I might have known that anyway as my Paladin. But Probably, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I also know it's my class feature, and it can't counter it. Because it's Divine Smite. So that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, Steve, what nice, do you do? Nice. Uh, well, I mean, it's a good thing that I'm playing a good character and that I have a short sword because uh, I know that they're weak to uh, piercing from uh, weapons dealt like good creatures. And all I have to do is roll above a 16 on its armor class and uh, because that's that's its armor class. So uh, hopefully we, uh, we're able to take this thing down pretty easy. Yeah, so. real quick, oh, real quick. oh, yeah, we got real this real thing. Quick. We got real this quick. thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, we got this. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, do you have this is why metagaming sucks. <laughs> Welcome to Tabletop Totality. My name is Cody, and I'm here with Stephen, Neil, and Frank. So today we wanted to discuss the pitfalls of metagaming. Um, what we just gave you was a brief little example of a D&D session gone wrong. Yeah, um, to the extreme, I will say. Sure, sure. But... I think it paints a really good picture of how uh, how it how it goes about. Paints well, the picture entirely. Even even though like yes, we were being satirical, we I've I have lived through experiences like what you guys just did. There was a group of people, there was a group in college that was a, a gaming group and they were exactly like that. They it, it, it was so not about the role play or the immersion of the story. It was all about the stats and the numbers and the facts and anything you wanted to do. Somebody had, well, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? Well, they're, they're, they're weak to silver. So you should know that. Why, why should you know that? Does you, does your character have a knowledge of that? Because that's what we're trying to talk about. We're trying to talk about what your character knows, not what you as a person now i have a ton of DD books i have a ton of role-playing books i i've read most of them but i have to actively when i'm playing a character tell myself this is what i would do but this is what my character might do yeah. well it's where it's where that playoff of you know taking a turn or two to try and figure out what the thing is is beneficial right so even if i was a paladin and this thing kind of looks like it might be something from other world or demonic in some sense but if i have no clue that's what i'm gonna use you know divine sense otherwise if i already knew that information why does it matter like i would never you'd never use that ability ever because you know it's an it's a fiend or a demon like it's it's little things like that that takes away from the game if you play it 
with the knowledge you have as a player and not the knowledge that your character should have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Ab absolutely. Because really, the, the the thing about metagaming is that it's it totally suspends the immersion as far as I'm concerned. I like to come up with characters. I like to come up with NPCs and things where, you know, I, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about building... You know, when you build your world, you, you're building a society, you're building histories and cultures and things like that. And while you don't have to have all the details, you, you try to make things as realistic feeling as possible, even in the fantasy setting. And what I mean by that is not that not so much that it's like you have to remain in the laws of science or physics, because obviously we're talking about fantasy games or we're talking about you know, fiction, creative fiction. But I feel that you also, like, the more connection to realistic things you have, like, the easier it is for players to, I guess, buy it, like, to buy into it. And I think when you get somebody that sits at the table that just starts, you know, spamming the table or talking during other people's turns or telling other players what to do based off of things that they know from the books or from the stat blocks of a creature like that really just kind of creates a toxic a toxic atmosphere for the game session as far as i'm concerned yeah and it also kind of gets rid of any sort of experimentation that you might want to do like as a character and as a player um in fighting against these creatures um like you're for all you know the dm could have changed some aspect about this creature to make it more or less difficult to fight against based on what your party makeup is and so you might be looking at a creature and go, oh, this thing, I know this thing. I have I have the stat block memorized. This thing is weak to cold damage. And so you cast your cold damage on it, and it doesn't do as much as you thought. But then somebody else does lightning damage, and that hurts it a whole lot. And it's like, why, wait, this this completely throws off everything that I know. And, yeah. it, it, like, you know, there could just be, you know, something like that. It could just be a, a hook that the, it could just be a twist that the DM threw onto this creature because... You know they know like if especially if if you are if if the dm knows that you're a, a player that likes to do that kind of thing they might just try to throw twists at you to make sure that you're not really aware of what it is that you're going up against and make you really think about you know what you should be doing right and on. experimenting i've been there actually as a dm in the past um especially when you're younger and you first get into the game and back then there wasn't a lot of guidance like a million and one YouTube channels that are trying to assist you. and Yeah, we didn't you, have any of that. <laughs> yeah, tell, tell you how to do all that stuff. Uh, the fun part was people did memorize the stats and what the creatures and this and that, the other thing, were weak to. So I literally changed it all the time. And once in a while that led to a disagreement, if you will. But, uh, well, you know, yeah, you kind of have to. And yeah, yeah, I've seen it to the point where, you know, if you're not doing that with everything at that point, the players would get very agitated and, you know, but we were very young at the time and we didn't know any better. Now, you know, you watch anything and they're like, well, keep your eyes out for this and that. And they can try and give you all the guidance. And it's definitely true. But I think it needs to be included in a session zero or beyond that where you just say, hey, just so everybody knows, like these creatures aren't necessarily going to have the same weaknesses. You know, one of the biggest things that you see all the time when you're playing, especially, you know, if you're playing with a new group is the, you know, the best instance is vampires. Everybody outside of the game knows what a vampire is. 
But the second you get in-game and you're playing in this ancient setting and let's say vampires are rare and so on and so forth, you're going to have people who automatically, they hear that word and they're making stakes, they're doing this, they're doing that. And you do have to change some of that stuff because if you can flip something on its head, it definitely changes the way the game works and the way that people experience it. Yeah, it's it is it is hard when you have the big mythological creatures that everybody knows about. Like, you know, there's been plenty of books written or movies made about vampires. So, everybody's going to have the regular preconceived ones of, you know, oh, I got to have a wooden stick, a stabbed in the heart. And it's, shines it's just, in the daylight like I was, I was just about to yeah. say Frank. I was yeah. just about to say yeah they don't they don't erupt anymore in sunlight they just glitter but and it's and it's taking those adaptations i think and knowing those things and being like oh how can i twist them into a different way into my universe so even if this is common knowledge it's actually like folklore from people would have say have said like oh this is that 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 vampire isn't going to go into moving water, but really it's just that guy that can't swim who became a vampire. So that's why he doesn't like water. (laughs) You know, you know what I mean? Like, like one of the best things that I could say as, as a dungeon master, because I've had that experience of, I've had players get frustrated when they say, well, we've dealt over 200 points of damage. This thing should be dead, you know, or, you know, I know that it's AC is only, a 15 but i'm not able to hit it on a 17. well one of the easiest ways i explain these things is that and it's just something that i try to do if i come up with an idea of a creature or a monster that i want to send at my party um in my homebrew of this is really what i'm talking about is in my homebrew um you know i try to make my world's version of those creatures or, or of those monsters so that they're different because they're from my world and they they have their own history, their own setting or whatever. Um, you know, and that, that's, I kind of feel like that's, I think that's more fun um, because I think everybody has access to the books, you know, these days. I think that a lot of the stat blocks are very easy for people to go find. Um, but it also helps make your world, uh, you know, different and, and more unique. Um, you know, it's very easy for me to just say, well, yeah, that's a goblin stat for the Forgotten Realms or the Sword Coast. That's not how it works in my world. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and that's and that's yep. that's always a good way to do it. And then even for, like, other things besides D&D, just taking it and just kind of making it your own. It, it works. It changes things. And, yeah, like, here we've sat, we've played how many characters – in in you know let's just say dungeons and dragons but we can't carry that knowledge with us to character to character otherwise it's just gonna kill that rp and as soon as somebody does you're just kind of sitting there like oh well come on man why why'd you do that (laughs) yeah eventually you bring up a good point it gets boring after a while i feel neil like i feel like you bring up a good point because you know, if I'm playing my monster hunter in Strahd, like my like a, a Van Helsing type character, and then, you know, I'm playing a completely different game like a year later, I can't sit there and go, oh, well, when my vampire hunter did this, like this was the effect and this was, you know, that knowledge doesn't transfer over like Neil said. And it, it's the same way where it shouldn't transfer over from what the player knows to 
their their care and really i think the the metagaming that i've had that has been the worst in my experience has been when another player has tried to sway somebody at the table or or tell somebody what to do on their turn based off of knowledge of the game or the mechanics where the the actual character would have no knowledge of these things you know breaking down that that fourth wall kind of it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot you know because this is a game of make-believe you know and you're you're sitting around all these games are, are make-believe and you're sitting around with your friends and you're trying to have fun you're trying to be in this world and experience it and your characters are supposed to be a part of that world and for you to sit there as yourself and influence other people's decisions or tear apart what the dungeon master or the keeper has made because of something you've read in a book that's just you know this is not really conductive to the whole point of the game the whole point of why you're sitting at the table having fun or trying to have fun yeah for sure and like i mean like people were touching on it before but like even when you're when you're if that does happen if those things do come up you could just go to the player who is acting um who's either being told to act in some way or who is um you know who is like well well obviously this is the weakness or this is the ac or whatever and you can just as the as the game master just look at them and go how would your character know that why does your character know that explain why your character knows that and if they can't explain it then then it's like well then they wouldn't know to do that so what would know. they what would they actually do if without that knowledge yes and and i think i think the other side of that the other side of that coin is I think it's the job of a player, of a good role player, to say, hey, what would my character know about these things? Would my character know anything about this creature or this place? Has my character ever experienced these things before? And to ask the dungeon master, ask their keeper, game master, their supreme overlord. Yeah, their um, overlord. You know, whatever, whatever the case might be, like, you, if that's what you're trying to get at, and you have a you have a reasoning or a belief that you think that your character should have this knowledge from beforehand then bring it up to the dungeon master pass him a note or just flat out say have i ever encountered something like this before and more often than not you know if, if your dm is willing to work with you they're just going to say hey you know roll a history check or roll an arcana check for you to see what you might know about this stuff and that's that's way better than sitting there going, oh well, yeah, it's this creature, so this is what I'm gonna do, you know, or this is what I'm gonna have my character do because I know outside of game that this is what needs to be done. I was gonna say you can always add in like a, I mean, I'm gonna pull a Pokemon reference out here, but like a chart, like a rarity chart, like. Let's use vampires as an example. Like, if that's a super rare thing, most people aren't going to actually have factual information. They're going to have hearsay or just some nonsense or some folklore that was passed down that very well may be completely incorrect on purpose. And you could do that with all sorts of different creatures. And you could even make a game where you and your party go around trying to collect information about monsters to build a monster manual to sell to the public or something like that. Obviously, you can do whatever you want, but I've even played with people who were doing something like that before, and that adds a nice little layer of flavor, and it can also change the way the game is played in general. You know, th taking certain things and throwing them on their head, definitely a fun thing to do. That's a really cool 
cool aspect to it uh for sure like just having that i always love giving like it's the it's the game uh two truths and a lie you know (laughs) they go around trying to find factual information you give them some you give them some solid stuff but you also give them stuff that might not be as solid but they're none the wiser and then here you go this person's throwing a tangerine at a vampire because <laughs> they think it mimics the sun what if it <laughs> does <laughs> cody tangelos aren't real we all know this tangelos are totally real you can't you can't keep lying to yourself. In his God. world, <laughs> Angelos are extremely real. So I like I like the point that Frank brought up about the, you know, like the fairy tale aspect. Like you 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 come across this information all from second hand. Like basically, like hearing about like hags or things like that as like like a kid story, like in your village, like where you grew up. Um, I feel like that's a cool way of of doing it. So kudos on that. I think that's a cool idea and. You know, I've kind of done something similar where, you know, even in the in the game that we're currently playing, you know, a lot of the characters had heard of a a species of wolf, a northern wolf um, that used to grow very large and they had all sorts of, you know, kind of like ice type. Powers, 60 feet. Yeah, you know, things like that. Well, they had heard of this legend and it was part of the lore of the area and it was much older than any of the other characters. But when they got to when they finally ran into one, it was like, oh, okay. well, we don't really know that much about it. We just know stories, you know, and they had to kind of, you know, figure it out on the go. And everybody was like, well, I hear that these wolves can do this and I hear that. Um, So that was fun to have, you know, have people have like little bits and pieces of the information without somebody just sitting there, you know, reading from the book. Yeah. The most common metagaming is definitely that, oh, I know this creature stat block, but I feel like another one that's really common is the experience one player has that the other character, like the one character has, but the other character was nowhere to be found, but then somehow magically also knows that information, even though it was never shared. I I was going to bring that up. I was going to say like, yeah, like that's, that's, that's a way bigger meta, meta gaming topic than just knowing the stat block of a monster is like, oh, you weren't there. How do you know that? Oh, I just, I, 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 well, I was here. I was here when that occurred, you know? Right. And I think, I think that sometimes that's probably, you know, I think that's probably the easiest one is because, well, I was at the table and I heard it, you know, um, or yeah, I, I was there when you were narrating about that, but my character wasn't present, you know, and I, that's kind of the stuff that you, that's really more the DM, I think could just police that to say, Hey, you know, you actually weren't there. And, or, and I, I ask my players all the time, I say, would you have shared this information? Yeah, yeah, but it, it also falls into the line because this is where you kind of sometimes have those table fights, right? So, like, if if the rogue and somebody else plans to do something to another character because they want some item and they plan that right out on the table, you know, nobody's really discussing it. Or let's say you're going over the list of treasure, but the rogue's the first one there going through the treasure and they see this really cool magical item. And they're like, oh, pocket. Nobody saw it. But people I, I are going to be have, vindictive. You have such a problem with Sean. I know. <laughs> he just tries to take things. And then he stabs yeah. people and doesn't believe that the daggers are bad. You know, it's... Sean, I'm all, I, I didn't expect for him to be going off on you like this, <laughs> especially in a podcast. But 
but no, like you, like I have no problem with that. I think it makes awesome RP. But then you have people who hold it as now their player, their character has an issue with that character, even though there's they have no idea. They have no idea anything like that happened. You, you know what I mean? It's it's why are you upset with him? Well, they took that. Well, you don't know that. Well, <clears throat> yeah, I know, but I do know. You really gotta. There's there really needs to be a thing where you as a player or a dungeon master or whatever keeper, etc. Insert overlord. Insert word here. Insert need, overlord. Need to sit down, <clears throat> and you need to ask yourself seriously: How can I? be a part of the solution and not the problem. There's always going to be mistakes. Things are always going to, you know, slip through the cracks. But if you can do your best to make the experience still fun and enjoyable for everybody, have at it. Now, the thing when it comes to characters like the thief that do things like that, it's a rogue, but I like to call it a thief, and they take things that the the rest of the party doesn't know, that can be a touchy subject that does get people angry. It can cause fights, both in-game and out-of-game. That needs to be dealt with before it happens. And there needs to be some guidelines for how that operates and how it can be fair. I do not believe that you know a character of that nature should just be taking everything all the time. I do feel that in order for it to be fair for everybody... You do need to have a discussion with the rogue, with the DM, of how you're going to handle stuff like that. You know, that one is a huge issue at some tables. And also, sometimes stealing from players, that can be a huge problem. I'm not going to say don't do it, but what I am going to say is have a serious discussion beforehand. And as somebody who's played many Thieves in the past and done that, tried to do that, or did that without the player noticing and then all of a sudden in the middle of combat that player's great sword goes into my character you know things like that can spiral out of control very quickly so definitely deal with it before it's an issue and then everything should for the most part be okay i think it falls back to that we always mention it every single episode i'm pretty sure we kind of at least say it at least once session zero if you're gonna play a rogue first i'm hearing that... about this oh wow right. well <laughs> well frank if you if you're session? gonna yeah. why, are we, why are we starting at zero zero one? no <laughs> nope nope before you even start playing you get that session um but if you're gonna play that rogue that's like hey guys i'm gonna steal anything and everything if it looks valuable and I'm not going to share it as long as you voice that to the party, then the party like, all right, sounds good. You're not just trying to like, you're playing this RP style. I I'm about it. You know, you know what I mean? And, and now, you know, going in. So like, it's, it's no, it doesn't feel like if you have that one person who's like, Oh, they're doing this just cause they don't like me. Like at the table, that's never the case. We're, we're yeah. all a bunch of friends yeah. playing a game. Even if you don't really know each other, you're all there under the means to have a good time like well is that, that i mean that's that's, that's what the, we're all here for <laughs> that's the essential spirit of the whole you know the whole point of the tabletop gaming is you're trying to bring people together and have fun so if somebody's being malicious towards somebody you know that that's just that you have problems at your table that have to be fixed but as far as you know the meta gaming is concerned 
you know, one of the things I, I was thinking about, what I was thinking about is, you know, our, our buddy Chris, you know, I feel like he did a really good job. He's He's been, uh, his one character in this game has been being harassed and really attacked by this entity that um, he he doesn't know who this person is, but the person seems to know who he is. And there's been all these messages and things being delivered. And then eventually there was attacks that took place on, on him and the party. And he kept it all to himself and to his character self for months um, until finally it became a problem for the group. And he was like, okay, I'm going to share this information now. And everybody at the table did a fantastic job of being like, yeah, we see this stuff is happening, but our characters don't know it. And that really just kind of helps bring the whole, I think that just brings the whole thing together. Yeah. You the, know? Yeah. The group, the group that we have for our game is really good. Um, Cause you do reveal a lot of information that our characters could not know. And we don't act as though we know it, you know? So yeah. And, and especially when, you know, if somebody gets like a, a critical success on a history check, you know, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll tell them a whole bunch of stuff yeah. and then whether or not they tell the group, you know, it's up to yeah, it's yeah. up to them. But even then, like we've been very good about not acting as though our characters know that stuff as well. Yes. So yes. that's yeah. kind of the whole point of not metagaming is like your characters don't know this information. You as the player do, and it, you could think it's really cool and interesting, or you could try to come up with some way to use it to your advantage. But you're like, but until your character knows that information, they can't do anything with it. Yeah. One thing that you know, takes no time at all is when they find out information, even if the group is present and it's, they're being told psychically or they're reading a book or et cetera, fill in the hole here for that person to just say, all right, all that information that you, you know, DM, GM keeper told me, I'm going to reiterate to the party. You do not have to say it word for word in the exact phrasing. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like you can just say, I want to reiterate what you just told me to everyone else so they know. It takes three seconds, and then guess what? You don't have to deal with that. If somebody's not there and they're filling in yeah, with information and, that they don't have, that's that has to be dealt with case per case. But and that's to say that that's to say that that person even wants to share the information. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I you know I think that in that case you're right, Frank. It, it's very simple. Like I would never expect somebody to repeat everything that I said or or read off all the lore that I have in front of me. There I, are I some people that would. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I don't know that I would have fun at their table, I guess, but yeah. you know, I, if you just told me, Hey, listen, everything I just figured out, I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell my party Then, as far as I'm concerned, they know what you know. You know? Yeah, sometimes depending on what the information is on an RP standpoint, I always like to pass it on in my own words because it makes me feel as if it's how uh storytelling was or you know that's how like the game of telephone right everybody has played it as a kid here you get one word or one sentence and you have to pass it on to the next person it all comes around until it starts goes back to the person who started it and they go wow that's crazy that's not at all what it was <laughs> Um, but I like, I like that aspect of it. So if it's something my character finds out and maybe it wasn't said to the whole group or maybe a couple of people are there and I'm telling them, I'll be like, Hey, this is something that, you know, this is the way, and I'll tell it how my character believes it went down. 
Um, so I feel like that kind of changes the RP aspect of it, but also that's not every situation, you know, if we're all sitting there and something's getting explained, yeah, I pass that knowledge on because everybody else was paying attention. Yeah. And especially, especially if the, depending on the type of game in a heavy RP setting, like the one you guys play in Talaraxia there very much, you should be, you know, I know the way that Cody runs that is very, you know, there's a lot of information being passed around. Some is correct, some is incorrect, and you guys kind of compile things as a group together, and then you're feeding that information to new cities, kings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you definitely need to have those sessions where you literally walk them through what they need to know because it's very important that they know specific things and that they don't know other things. Uh, whereas, like in a one shot or in a small campaign, that's you know going to take place over five, ten nights. Eh, you know, depends on how you want to do it, really. Sometimes certain players can eat up a lot of time by just doing that. So it really case per case. But yeah, absolutely. When you get those chances, definitely you want to walk people through all these different things that can help out. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's, um, I, I've had to, I've had to step in as well as the, you know, as the keeper. There's been moments where players have gone to explain things to one another or they've gone to, you know, pass along information and I've, I've heard them make mistakes or something. And I, as the keeper, I will correct it because I'll say, you know, you are mistaken. Your character knows this, you know, like this, this is the, this is what your character knows. You might have twisted it, you know, is that, is that what you're trying to do? Or is that just, you know, everything's just kind of getting jumbled. Yeah. Um, Another really good example I would like to bring up, um, and I think we could do a whole other podcast about this, um, but we were playing Star Wars recently, and Steven and I made characters um, that were completely working against each other um, for the campaign. And we knew this going into the campaign. This is what we were going to do. And we had a gentleman's agreement that, we were going to work against one another and really, you know, it was like spy versus spy, yeah. uh, made the best guy win, you know, made the, yeah. the, and there was so many times that we had to be like, you know, even though I knew Steve was working against my character, I had to build up all sorts of proof in game before I could take any actions against him. Mm-hmm. And that was so much fun because I was like, I'm going to get him. I remember calls where it's like I'm gonna I swear the next time he does something he's going down I got this guy (laughs) I got him on the ropes and then I talk to Steve and he's he'd be like he has no idea what I'm doing I've got him him." and I'm like these two freaking clowns but it was so much fun to do that Um, but we you know we had the agreement we had that session zero where we said this this is what's going to happen um we're we're on the same team for missions but we're not we don't have each other's best interests in mind oh, not we're, at all. we're trying to take each other out yep. and there was just all sorts of little things that happened and then it got to the point where we were spying on one another and stealing information mm-hmm. and really the one that the one that really got me was that i was suspicious of steve's character and there was a moment where he went unconscious and I went over to revive him because I needed, I still needed him in the situation. 
we were a three-man team fighting a bunch of enemies. So I needed to get them up. And even though I was suspicious, I, I didn't have full proof. But I stole his comlink and I replaced it with one that I had built that was identical to it that would send information to my computer. So anytime he was saying stuff that, you know, was negative on the comlink that I could pick up on, I did it. I built a whole robot to scan for transmissions leaving Steve's room. Yeah. <laughs> like, All I, I that spent... extra stuff. And then it ended up being, I forget how that whole thing went down, but that was... I called his I called his bluff. He was trying to lead us into an ambush and I oh, called yeah, his that's bluff. Right, that's right. And I, I had the gun on him and I said, you know, basically, I, I have you. And he he pulled out his comlink and he called his supervisor and was like, Yep, mission's compromised. And that was the end of it. But that yep. was that was a lot of fun and that was a great example of collaboration at the table, but then also players saying I know this, my character does not know this mm -hmm. and, and working towards, you know, getting that first suspicion, getting that first mistrust of a character and then turning that into, I'm going to be looking after this guy. I'm going to see what this person's doing. I'm going to be keeping tabs on them. Yeah. And it really just helped make that gameplay so much more immersive and, and really just a ton of fun. Um, because we were still trying to complete missions together while trying to fuck each other over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it was it was a lot of fun. And yeah. um that was a that was a challenge for me to do. That that I I <laughs> You grew quite I mean, like, a bit though as a as a player. You grew Yeah. Very... Yeah, but it was it wasn't it wasn't super it wasn't as fun for me as it was for you to be a backstabbing little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but like it was, it was well, it didn't still, end like, well for you either. No, no, it didn't. I died. I died really hard. But yeah, yeah like, you that ended was... up in the river, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, think, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that was... You got you got taken out like by the mob, basically. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he was on his knees, calls in the comlink because one of your supervisors was your father, and you had a direct link to him. And you, what, yeah. the, what, what did you say to him? You were like, I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah, you're like father, you know. Mission yeah, it was failed. Mission, mission failed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Cody just popped him a couple times and Steve yep. just went in. He rolled him, took all of his stuff and then threw him in the, well, took yeah. some of his stuff and rolled through him in the, the river. And yeah. But like what Cody was getting at is like, if that, if we had just been like, Oh yeah, no, I know, I know who you are. I know what you are. I know what you're doing. It wouldn't have been as fun. It wouldn't have been as immersive. And like, that's the whole idea of, cause it's like, cause session one, Cody could have just shot me. And it's like, why? It's like, okay, because I know that you're against me. I know that you're working against me because we discussed it, you know. <laughs> Ten it's minutes like, ago. And, and there, was like, yeah. there was all sorts of things to that happened, though, too, because, like, there was, like, you, like, fumbled on your gun roll or something, and you shot my character in the back. Yep. And then my character was like, that's cause for concern. Yep. Like, and this guy a, totally shot me in the back, and it yeah, was an it was accident. A, it was a legitimate accident. <laughs> it was a legitimate well, like, accident. And then, and then it, even got our, it even got our other player in the group to say, hey, I don't like that. He shot <laughs> yeah. him in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I did say, hey, Steve, you know, if, if you fail this, you will shoot him in the back. And Steve was just like, yeah, I know. That's fine. Yeah. I was like, okay. Acceptable then. losses because we were exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, like if you shoot him, if you miss, you're going to shoot him. And I was like, cool. I <laughs> win, win. The, the, interesting, <laughs> the interesting thing is everything came down to one thing. And we can talk about this at another time uh, mm -hmm. was 
there was enough evidence. There was just about enough evidence to tip the scale. But Steve, unfortunately, had forgotten one thing that I told him in the first session that he just never it just never came up again. So Mm -hmm. when it came down to the proof, Steve had forgotten the one thing. And that led to Steve actually fessing up because he forgot that little piece of information. That's another thing. Um, Sometimes it's better that people do forget things because it can lead to interesting encounters or situations like that. But yeah, definitely make sure you write everything down. And, you know, every now and again, go over your notes and talk to your GM, DM, etc. And make sure that the information you have is correct. That would be yeah, my and, note on that. And a, and, a, and a good idea for taking notes is take notes based on what your character knows, not what you know. Like you could have like a separate notepad for general information that the whole party knows but you could also have a separate notepad for just what your character knows so that way you kind of avoid metagaming in that way because then you go like well the, you can cross-reference it and go well does my character know about this oh they don't okay so i i shouldn't yeah. have you know any sort of opinion on yeah. this so I, I keep a little cheat thing. sheet too just even as just even as a dungeon master like i keep a little cheat sheet just to be like yeah chris told sean or neil told steve Mm-hmm. You know, just so that I can follow up with it and say, yeah, all right, these people know these things or, yeah, you know, just so I can better, I guess, police that maybe, or, mm-hmm. you know, just, just be mindful of it. And then also, like I said before about, you know, don't be afraid to interject when you see misinformation happening um, between players, because it might just be the, the players are messing up the information when the characters know the real facts, and I think you is the key. Oh, to, you know, step in there and say, "Hey, you know." Go do. We lost you there I'm for a second. We lost you there. For oh, a second. I'm sorry. We're getting pretty bad storms. We got a tropical storm hitting the east coast now. Oh, all right. Um, That's so, so you're saying that, you as the key to just keep track of that as the DM. Yeah. Yeah, I, I keep a I keep a little key, like just a little cheat sheet, like when I'm passing out information or um if the group's having like separate conversations you know i try to just keep a little cheat sheet so that i can keep uh up with you know who knows what is important and or who knows this or i try to do the same thing too with like really important items i try to figure out who has these items on them um and i think that's an important thing for the players to also be mindful of too because you know that's that's uh you know i've had that happen a ton of times with like oh well everything's in the bag of holding okay yeah well who has the bag of holding cruskin oh, of well, course the person <laughs> that you the person that you left you know two miles ago had yeah. it you know or yeah or yeah, worse they it's... get locked in a chest that's now on fire and the hag's yeah. spinning it around floating in the air and you're like oh crap there's that was, all that was 40 fun. of our potions. <laughs> yeah. All of our magic items in a bag in a chest on fire. With yeah, one of our them. NPCs. <laughs> yeah, the NPC was in it too. Sorry, Neil, you were trying to say something. Well, all I was saying, like for myself, just hitting on that, the way to keep notes for the campaign, like a lot of my stuff's written as if it's a journal for my character. Um That's a good and idea. The, and it's and it allows for that like that heavy RP. And I use you know, not aspects of what me as a player knows what it is. Like I use kind of what my character calls it. Um, so like one of the things is we fight Rakshasas 
as a, a big fiend and we've labeled them backwards kitty paw hands everywhere in my notes they are called backwards kitty paw hands yes. <laughs> it's just because you can't spell rakshasa but... uh, that's not true <laughs> i have the abcs of dungeons and dragon monsters and rakshasa is in it okay it's <laughs> the one that starts with q right now exactly <laughs> Is that how you find shark. Well, I, I think I think that's a good, you know, I, I think that's a a good addition to what Steve was saying with with having that separation of, okay, here's my notes for like my thoughts on something, but here's my character's thoughts on something, and I've I remember I'm not sure what version of of D and D it was. It might not have even been D and D, but I remember that. At one point in time, there was a sheet. It was like an expanded character sheet, and it had like campaign, like personal, like campaign things, like for you to fill in. And it was for you to be like, "Yeah, I defeated the vampire." Oh, that was the the six or or eight page character sheets. Yeah. No, no, I know, I know exactly what you're thinking of. You're thinking of the Pathfinder character folio, which is a sixteen page. I never played Pathfinder. (laughs) No, but we downloaded it and printed it out for D. Yeah. Yes, because it's it works with D and D three point five because they're basically the same system. But it's yeah. I was just looking at that the other day. It's a sixteen page character sheet. And it has like a whole thing as a whole page that's just list of adventures. And you just write down like adventures that you've been on. And it also has well, like, that's kind of cool, you know, yeah, just to, yeah, it's just, super cool just to be like, you know, and I feel like that's also something that um, adds to like the, you know, I feel like that's like, it adds to like the feel of the game as well. Like more of that immersion where it's, it's yeah. almost like that whole, like, you know, like Daenerys Stormborn where she starts adding titles Mm-hmm. you know to her to herself like the more exploits she does like she keeps getting like more and more titles yeah yes, like, the jort lord the jort lord <laughs> <laughs> breaker of denim third best baker in all of tolerance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, yeah i think i think keeping that that separation because we're not just trying to talk about note taking we're trying to talk about really the dissemination of information at your table um to prevent metagaming i i think that that's kind of where we're 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 pointing towards oh yeah 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 yeah. we could talk about note-taking and all the different styles but like it's just those aspects to keep your metagaming on check it doesn't matter how many sessions you've played how little sessions everybody has the capability to metagame and does metagame at some point it's just that aspect of tying it in so you're not metagaming you know what i mean having aspects that allow you to check yourself get that checks and balances before you uh just start going out saying yeah that that king is an evil demon and not having any backup zero proof and just going for it like oh well he uh he touched the silver the silver cup and his hand smoked a little bit he must be x y and z kill him honestly that sounds like enough proof i'm in (laughs) meanwhile the silver chalice had dry ice in it and you know it was just a stage prop no he's he's and you killed an innocent or he's a witch you killed an innocent thespian (laughs) 
Or maybe, or maybe the king was good and the chalice was a demon. And when he touched oh, it, bah, bah, bah. everything's a mimic. Yep, that's true. Yeah, yeah, everything is a mimic. If it laughed, can bite the you, table laughed. or if you're afraid of it biting you, it should be a mimic. Yeah, probably. Yep, you pretty know? much. One thing I think that people tend to miss when they talk about metagaming is it's very easy and it is human nature to accidentally take things personally at the table when you're playing any of these games mm -hmm. so you know for instance and this kind of harkens back to the thing we were talking about in the beginning but i feel like it needs to be said again you know if it's like i steal something from steve uh, in game and then all of a sudden you know now steve's pissed you know, he's taking it personally. He's just letting it build up. And then next thing I know, you know, he's hitting me with his axe or he's shooting a fireball at me when I'm fighting an enemy. And I'm like, hey, well, why are you doing that? Oh, well, you stole this from me or you did this or, you know, I know our backstories intertwine, even though we've never discussed it, you know, and I'm taking you out like you can't take things so personally in game or just in life in general. It is a part of our nature to do so. So you, you really got to try and work your way through it and ask yourself when something happens and you're starting to get like a little upset or just a little like, Ur, you know, it, should I be taking this personally or not? More than likely, no. If somebody just outright starts attacking your character and you guys agreed on no PvP, you might have other issues at the table you need to deal with. Maybe you shouldn't be playing with those people to begin with. But you should definitely try and not take things as personally. I know for a fact that when I go to a new town in any of these games, let's say, you know, D&D, &D for example, and it's like the 10th town in a row, and it's like, oh, you're nothing, you're... And they start insulting my character. I start being like, fuck you, I'm going to cut your... You know, and then I have to say to myself, like, dude, they're imaginary. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I can just kind of deal with it. You know, that yeah. stuff can get old too, but yeah. you know, at I, that point, think, talk to your DM, GM, et cetera. I think I've seen that form of, of, of metagaming as well, where, you know, something comes down to like, you know, a petty disagreement. And a lot of times it happens over like a magic item. You know, there's one Vorpal longsword in, in the cavern and everybody wants it, one player gets it, and then the other player is like, well, I'm going to be a dick to this person because they took the sword that I wanted. Yeah. Well, is that your character wanted that sword or you wanted the sword, and now you're upset about it, so you're having your character basically be passive-aggressive for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like yeah. that, that is certainly a form of, of metagaming. Yeah. Um, or the opposite where it's like something happened to somebody during the day and they're just taking it out on the table. You know, I've had I've had that happen to me as a DM plenty of times. And I've literally just had to talk with people afterward and be like, oh, I did not appreciate any of that. And the person, it might have been a day or two later, and they're like, wow, you know, you're right. And it can really discourage people. So you really got to just, you know, look at what you're doing outside of your own shoes. Don't take everything so personally. And also try and put yourself in the other people's shoes and be like, you know, am I being a dick? Are they being a dick? Does it even matter? Are we just here to have fun? Am I having fun? Are they having fun? If you're not having fun, you shouldn't be playing. 
Um, it, it's not the DM's job to make sure you have fun. It is your job to make sure you have fun and that you're working with everybody to have fun because it's a team sport. Yeah, in my opinion on it. Yeah, so. it's definitely metagaming is that that hard balance of calling people out on it at the table, being like, "Hey, how do you know that?" Even like as a player, like if you see another player, like. Well, I'm gonna throw this silver. I love spear. the voice for every time. You make... <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I'm gonna throw this silver spear, and they've never fought anything undead. And you just really, how do you know that? Or like, worse, <laughs> they've never used it in the 16 games they've had it, and then all of a sudden they're pulling it out just yeah. for this well, one I, thing. Like, I even there? remember. I, I remember quite recently. Um, I think this was back in college. We we had talked about playing a sh- like a one shot where maybe there was like werewolves or something. And like the first session players were like, oh, I'm going to go get all this silver. <laughs> and I was like, how do you know about the werewolves? Well, we talked about it. Yeah. We talked about it. <laughs> you and I talked about it. Yeah. You, your player, your character has no idea about yeah. Sir Winston has no clue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's really what we're trying to get at here, guys. And and we're just trying to say that, you know, that the whole point of this game of, of these games is it's a collaboration between you and your friends and you're building stories together. And when you are just being nitpicking or you're you're doing your own personal, you know, vendettas and things like that, um, or even even where you're telling other players what to do on their turns. You know, like you shouldn't do that. You should do this instead. Well, it would be better if you cast this or you should cast it at this level. That is all compromising to the game. It's it's destructive to the, the very spirit of the game, in my opinion. And um, I think as little of it as you can allow at your table, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just one of those you got to keep up on and a lot of people just fall into it on accident some are not even trying and then others are 100 percent trying yeah and just gotta call them out it's totally kosher to make accidents that's what we are as humans we are we make accidents left right you know my my boy bob ross says it best you know happy accidents are good ones absolutely yeah 100 percent. and i mean there's some people that just do play that way that are like people that are like i need to know everything about every creature and how to beat them and all this stuff and then bring that into the game and it's like other than saying like maybe you should be playing video games instead of playing a role-playing game with your friends like i don't really know what else to to do about that sort of situation where it's like oh yeah like i i read up all the stats of all the creatures that i know are going to be in this and and even then it's like the dm can just go well I'm changing the stats around now, well, like you said at I the feel beginning like, of the game. So I feel like that is also in the same vein as the mentality that players get where or even even the, the keeper where it's the the person telling the story is against the people who are playing in the story. Yep. You know, who are who are experiencing the world and, and that is not the case. That's not how it should be. Mm-hmm. It's it's not I'm trying to destroy your characters or you're trying to destroy my campaign. Like if that's how you're going into it, I think you're you're getting into it on the wrong foot from the start. Right. 
Unless if they destroy your town that you built on Wayland and shoot the guy who runs the cotton bin. I will not apologize for doing my job. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. So just so there's some backstory to that. We were playing one time. We went to Wayland in a Star Wars campaign. Cody couldn't be there that night. So another player went, destroyed an Imperial base with the help of everyone else. And then when that other person came... The person who was playing the time before wasn't there. So it was like, oh, well, what'd he do? Well, he did all this. So then Cody went on a rampage. <laughs> and that was a wild, that was a wild night. Well, we were, we were much younger and goofier then. So things were not as yeah, serious. I, and that player and myself had a nice, healthy um, competition in game where we were always trying to outdo one another. Yeah. So when when my guy showed up a day late in a dollar short seeing all the destruction he was like i'm not about to be outdone <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah uh it definitely suffices to say that the campaign like died right then and there after that but you that know, was the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that was the end of the game <laughs> yeah but you know just have fun people don't take everything so seriously i think i think that's a good point i think that's a good good place to wrap it up you know, just run a tight. You gotta keep a tight ranch if you're gonna raise bone ponies. Mm-hmm. You understand? Oh, you gotta, boy. Yeah. you gotta get out there every day. You gotta ride the range and check them fences. Yep. Make sure them bone ponies ain't getting out. And you gotta oh. get there with your Henry repeater, and you gotta watch out for coyotes and all sorts of other dangers coming in to harm your little ranch of role play. And you gotta protect her. Indeed. What Yeehaw. the fuck? <laughs> bone, 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 bone ponies, bone ponies like a tight ranch. That's right. <laughs> well, it's gotta have a lot of role play in it. In your ranch, you gotta have a big role play ranch. Bone ponies community roll yeah. out. Yeah, saddle up and ride, bone ponies. Oh yeah. Well, that concludes today's episode of Tabletop Totality. Make sure to check us out on all the socials. See you later. And remember. Always be wary of the backwards kitty paw hands. Meow.